Welcome, everybody, back to The Conversational. I am here with the fabulous Jeffrey Hazlett, and I can say that because I've actually known him a long time, and I can attest that it's true. Jeffrey is a global business celebrity. Celebrity, actually, I think is great because he was on The Celebrity Apprentice, so it's doubly true. Uh, he's primetime television and a podcast host. He's a best-selling author. He's a sought-after keynote speaker, and sometimes he's a cowboy. Uh, Hazlett is former Bloomberg contributing editor and primetime host and has appeared as guest celebrity judge, as I mentioned, on NBC's Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump for three seasons. That gets a lot of conversation, I bet, these days. He is the associate producer of a number of global television projects and is a frequent contributor to the American Marketing Association's AMA TV and Marketing News Publications. He hosts C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I am a part of his C-Suite network. I was uh, very honored to be part of his early on advisory committee and now I'm a customer of his with C-Suite Radio, which are my podcast is being brought to you on. He's uh, exec- oh, when Executive Perspectives Live on C-Suite TV is another one of his programs where he takes viewers inside the C-Suite of some of the world's biggest companies, including Domino's, Dunkin' Donuts, Cadillac, and more. On the Executive Perspectives Live, Hazlett interviews business executives, thought leaders, and innovators. Lots of good stuff with exciting people. He's also the host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, which airs on C-Suite Radio. Again, that's I'm a big fan of that. This the show is a collection of great conversations around the most compelling topics in business today. And he's the author of four business bestsellers, Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless, Running the Gauntlet, Essential Business Lessons to Lead, Drive, Change, and Grow Profits, and Mirror Test, Is Your Business Really Breathing?, and The Hero Factor, How Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. He's been inducted to four professional Hall of Fames that honor professional achievements, including the National Speakers Association's Speaking Hall of Fame and the Business Marketing Hall of Fame. And I literally could go on because he's on... I, I don't, how many boards are you on? 14. 14 boards. He's yeah. on 14 boards. I literally could go on. I, I think we. I think people get the picture. <laughs> you know, the interview's over. That's He's it. That, that's guy. it. That's the interview. He's is a over. busy guy. He, you know, we uh, only see each other about every six months, but it's like we haven't missed a beat. Yeah. And it's, it's been that way for I, at least four or five years. Oh, yes, Whoa. four or five years. Well, you and I met back when we were doing the, the reality show yeah. that never aired, so people won't know Jingles. Jingles, yes. sh- which should they should have aired that show. You were great on it. Uh, <laughs> the judges were great on it. Of course, I didn't get along with Gene Simmons, Gene. but other than that, you know, but I didn't get along with Gene. I got him fired on Celebrity Apprentice, too. Oh, so, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, was that you, after Jingles? That was before. It was before that was Jingles. Before. That's, the, that's oh, one that's of the why. reasons why Mark oh. Burnett wanted me on the show, because we fought all the time. Also, have great TV. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. 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 And they, and they, I was one of the few judges. I came back on the, it was the first season, and we, you know, of course, Gene and I didn't get along, and uh, for obvious reasons, and uh, <laughs> a lot of reasons. But no, I ended up being on his Family Jewel show. Uh, yeah. We wanted to do a show together. Then Jingles was one of the things they really wanted to push because we fought. We fought on Jimmy Kimmel's show. We yeah. fought on uh, on uh, Conan O'Brien. We, yeah. I mean, it went on, and they actually had me back on the finale That's... live with Gene Simmons. And we uh, and I remember the final thing was Gene Simmons kept telling me how 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 stupid I was, right? I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh-huh. And then and and Trump, you know, then sure. Donald just just the just Donald, the Donald then yeah, yeah. turned and said, Jeff, what do you got to say about that? And I said, Well, listen, I doubled sales and he got fired. Who was right? Oh. And that was the last line. Boom, off camera. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic so, drop. Yeah, right. It was good. That's funny. So for those of you, so Jingles was a TV show. Mark Burnett produced it. This yep. is back in. 
07, so this was a while ago, and the premise was kind of a combination between The Apprentice and Survivor in that they went out and they found people who felt like they could write jingles for commercials. Either music, advertising. Anything, right? But they couldn't have been professional jingle writers, so they had to be amateurs. They came on, and then every episode, we had a different sponsor. And so this was back when Jeffrey was CMO of Kodak, and he came in as a sponsor, and we were going to bring the Polaroids back. And so what happens is the, the, the people then went away and they wrote a jingle, but they also then had to perform and act the jingle out in front of the guests, which included myself, Linda, Linda Kaplan Thaler, yeah, right? Was, of the, yeah, she's written more jingles than probably at, anyone right? in the ad agency. So huge business. And then, of course, the famous Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons yeah. who was a huge character. And I think under, if people just see him as a rock figure, this is not about You're, Gene. He's wicked smart. No, he's he's wicked smart. Yeah. He's very good in thing. He's, you know, I always kid him about, you know, he's always got to be right, always got to be right. And um, you know, and then sometimes you're not always right. Yeah, that's just the way it's it true. is. You know, but I re- I still have a picture of you on set in big curlers. I remember, <laughs> I, I, I just now all these things are flashing back. You oh, had no. you, we're talking about those, you know, those big honking curlers that are like six inches around, and your entire hair was done up. And I remember there you were, and uh, and then and Linda, and then Gene, Gene, yeah. yeah, who didn't use curlers by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too bad. Mark yeah. Mark Burnett produced it. CBS did buy it, but it was a mid season replacement show well, and that's... there was never a need for a replacement no, so we're in the archives well, somewhere. Was, there was more to that I'll tell you the big story behind that I remember because I was a, an advertiser in that show yeah. I spent a couple million bucks there and to get it off the ground and um, really what happened was this, a, another exec came in didn't like the guy before and kills the show that's what that's what you see that's the pettiness that you see sometimes in this business in the business not just in this business look we just start in Congress are you kidding me with the right. State of the Union address same kind of pettiness when people don't do the right things for the right reason which yeah. I, I'm sick of that's why I founded the C-suite network trusted organization that's why we're doing the things that we're doing yeah it's yeah. awesome all right I'm gonna back you up though yep so we know you're about the cowboy thing but tell me so where so where were you born I was born in Charleston West Virginia my dad it was in the Air Force um, I was the second child. My first brother had actually passed from pneumonia, and I was born um, just you know nine nine literally nine months after that. Oh. And um, and my mother was at that time you know a kind of a housekeeper and and would do different jobs. She went on to become a bookkeeper. My dad was in the United States Air Force for his entire career, and uh, and then my parents divorced uh, when I was about fourteen. He came back from his third tour in Nam. Wow, I remember that. And I, let me just tell you the story. This is all these stories about, you know, yeah, things. And I can remember the, he I, I he stepped off the plane in Macon, Georgia, Macon or Atlanta. I can't remember which one. Were you there? We were in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to go meet him. And the first thing he said to me, he turned to me and says, you're getting a haircut. Because I had long hair. You know, I'm sure. It was, well, it was well, the you, 70s. It was right, like yeah. 74, right. 1974. Right at the end of the... Yeah. And then I also was wearing a jean jacket with patches. You know, have you had, you know, back then you had the patches. Yeah. The the, piece. The, I had the peace oh, line. I bet, yeah. And I had an American flag on my jean jacket. And yeah. he says, take that off now. You know, my, my dad was kind of a hard ass about that. And then really? he made me read an entire book on the treatment of the United States flag. And I, to this day, can fold a flag, tell you how to display <laughs> it. I actually walk into conventions and meetings and tell people the flag's wrong. You, yeah. need, you need to flip that around. You need to move the flag to the left. The American flag always has to be on the far left. You know, things like that. You, you, you learn, but that was uh, yeah, lessons from your dad. But this still is instilled in you. So oh, yeah. was your dad then a part of your life after the divorce? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yep. My parents divorced. Uh, they both remarried. Uh, my dad married, ended up marrying a guy, a gal, sorry, a gal that was uh, six years older than I was. 
Oh. Yeah. Go figure that. Yeah. Right. And so that was interesting. And so, uh, yeah, my mother remarried a couple times and finally found a great guy who's, uh, you know, like a father figure to us yeah. and a family. And, and he's uh, my my mother passed uh, about five years ago, but and he's still alive. And uh, I, I go down and see him uh, yeah. every time I can. And I go down to Georgia and I go see him. And he's remarried now to another woman. Oh. And she's now part of our family. So oh. and that which is cool. You know, yeah. I've got. I've got uh, stepbrothers and sisters there, you know, because my mother was married to him for 30 some years, yeah. 30, 37 years. Oh, yeah. So, so he's, it's, yeah, he's right. as much as, as a family. Yeah. As anybody else. Yeah, exactly. What, what did you, so when your parents split, you were 14, did you, what did you finish like your yeah, under, I was in, well, I was in lower. junior high. Uh, at that time I went to, I stayed with my mother. My dad went off to another tour of duty. Wow. Stayed with my mom. She remarried this guy who didn't like me. Yeah. And um, this, it was just really weird. So finally, uh, after about a year, year and a half of that, I said, I'm going to go. My dad was stationed in South Dakota. Oh. And I had, we had lived there once before, and I really loved it as a kid because it's hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. And it was just good memories. Yeah. And so I went to live with my dad. Um, and then just so aware of that, it wasn't the greatest experience in life. I mean, oh. I, he basically said, well, I can. this is what happened. I, I remember flying to South Dakota. It was right in like uh, August. Um, and he said, uh, you just I, graduated from high school. No, I'm still in junior oh, high. I'm you're going, still in junior my, high. No, oh. I, no, I just finished the ninth grade. I'm okay. going to be a sophomore okay. in high school. Okay. And I land in South Dakota in the truck as we're driving to the base. He says, I pay your mother $63 in child support a month for each one of you. You get $63 to live on. Oh my God. That's a true story. And so for the three years in high school, I got $63 every month from my dad, and that's what I bought school lunches, clothes, and did anything on. So, Paper so, or whatever, whatever, pencils you needed, yeah, right? If I, yeah, if I needed a bedspread, what? I mean, anything. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest kind of uh, it's tough. thing. Yeah, it was tough. It was very tough. Most people uh, wouldn't want to go through that. Yeah. You know? So I always had to get a job, always had to work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my, actually, I wasn't going to play football, but I actually... Uh, went out. I was going to run cross country, if you can believe it. I'm six foot three, two hundred eighty some pounds, you know. But back then, I was you know a lot smaller than that. But but uh, and I ended up being a high school American, uh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but I but I wasn't going to play because I I thought, well, I'll run cross country. I really like running at that time. And then the football coach said, "Would you come try out?" So I said, "Sure." It was the next day. And so I tried out, and I, I won the starting spot, only sophomore on the team, that kind of thing, you know. And then he, I what said, position? But I, I was an offensive center. Oh. And uh, and uh, he, he, I remember, he, I, I said, I can't play, though. And he goes, why? I said, I got to get a job. I got to eat. And yeah. this is cut in the thing. He says, I'll make sure you have lunches. Really? And that, so that, his name was Dave, Dave Lyon. He played for the Lions at one time. And he coached for two years, and for two years he made sure I had lunches. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like so. I had people like that in my life, you know. Yeah. They gonna make me tear up, you know. So, uh, but you know, there were people like that in my life who had, if they hadn't have come along at that time, you know, you just wouldn't be where you're at, right? You know. Well, we talk about these holy shit moments, right? Yeah, holy, and that was my like, whole life is like that. Yeah. Well, you've turned it into something. I mean, that's yeah. the point of this, right? Is to hear these things yeah. that happen. And as a child, you know, you're young and you, it's your parent, and you, yeah, but you, you don't got know, this vision. you know, Julie. That's it. you know, people talk about that. You know, my wife, who I've been married to for 37 years, together for 39, and um, you know, I know me, I wouldn't be married to me, and so I'm very <laughs> grateful to be have her in my life, and 
And she went to a one-room schoolhouse in South Dakota. And then she went to the town school. And so she lived on the same house, the same farm, her entire young, young all the way up until adult. And the, and the family's still there on that same farm and everything. And, and sometimes I'll be in conversations with their family and said, wasn't your life weird or you know unhealthy or weird? I go, no, it's, that's what I thought was normal. What yeah. you do is weird. Right. The same house. The whole, you know, so it's always different perspectives and you don't know. What you that, don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And some of those <laughs> right. things you don't know, that that's not normal. You don't know mm-hmm. that that's not the way other people live. And mm-hmm. I find out, you know, 20 years later, oh, shit, you didn't get 63 bucks a month. You didn't have to do that stuff, you know. That's... And you find those things out or you find out, you know, because my brother and sister uh, stayed with my mother, mm. you know, so it was a lot different. Their experience, because they and they had Gene. Yeah, who was a was a much better father. I mean, I'd say this to my own father today, my my, my biological father, who's yeah. still my you know he's still my father. He's yeah. passed, but but yeah. um, you know I'd just be open with him. He was that way. You yeah, know, I still love him. You of know? course, right yeah. now we have to accept people for who they well, are. You, right? I, you know, I always think about. I never had the chance to talk to him about what his life was like. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you got to think about that. Yeah. I don't think somebody wakes up and goes, "Oh, I can't wait to be an asshole." Right. You know? So what what caused him mm-hmm. to do the things he did mm-hmm. in that manner? Right. What what was his insecurities? What were his things? And and I so I look at it like that. I don't think somebody just wakes up to do that kind of stuff. Right. You know. I no. I, I'm sure that's true. I, yeah. I think I, especially to your child, right? There's, I, I, you know, he. Well, yeah, but he made me tough. He, you know, there's some, there's some good things and some bad things. So, you know, it's, it's of course. You know, there's always there's always something you have to look for that. And so, you know, that's why you know I've got somebody really great in my life today who's she's she's like, she'll say something like, "What's our nephew's." Uh, such and such and we got to go do this and i'm going like first of all i can't remember our nephew's name but that's like part of my, my thing but that's, no anyway i'm just i'm kind of joking but i'm like that i'm yeah. like i i'm not very good at that stuff and then and then i'll think holy holy crap that was very thoughtful i i wouldn't have thought of that yeah so I, that's why i know she's in my life to help good me balance. yeah exactly right they yeah. even you out yeah. what do you, so when you were you you obviously made it through and with the help of some friends, right, yeah. and your coaches yeah. and things, which is great. Well, you gra- what, what were you thinking that you were going to do in life? I mean, I, I can't politics. imagine this. Really? Oh yeah, I was huge in politics. In fact, <laughs> God, this is bringing out all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, so when I was in uh, in between my junior and senior year in high school, I ran for the governor of the state of South Dakota, lieutenant governor. You did? Yeah, I ran for lieutenant governor of the state of South Dakota. Yeah. Oh story. my gosh! Yeah. Did- I, I would have had to quit high school if we won, but uh, yeah. so yeah, I ran with this uh, uh, Sioux Indian uh, by the name of uh, Ed Driving Hawk. He and I ran. Uh, we met at Boy State, and we decided to run. And yeah, it was uh, so I did. I was very big in politics, so I got very involved with politics. I ended up work, working for a number of politicians for a number of years, um, doing campaigns, running all over the country, doing campaigns, presidential campaigns, everything, and did that for a, a home for a, a long time before. Uh, then I just one day I, I left it, then I went to work for the American Diabetes Association. Really? Yeah, I became the executive director of the Dakotas, and um, and then I became their lobbyist. So okay, so did you, you finished high school there? Did you go to college or did uh, you go right into politics? No, I finished high school at and uh, nineteen seventy nine, and then I went to Augustana College, a small Lutheran school. You know, uh, Lutherans live in constant fear that sometimes, someplace, somewhere, someone's having a good time. Yeah, so I went to the small, which I, uh, you know, I had no idea. I didn't even know what a Lutheran was. I just liked the college. I hadn't, I swear to this is how stupid I was. I remember being on the campus and they're doing communion. On the first day, they're doing a communion, 
you know, <laughs> at this Lutheran yeah. uh, during, you know, we have to, all the students have to, freshmen have to get together and they're doing a communion. I'm going, I turn to the guy and go, well, what are we doing? They go, well, we're doing communion. I go, but it's not Easter. It's not, it's not you know, I was Baptist. <laughs> right. I, like, I, we only do it like twice, maybe yeah. three times a year. I don't even know how many times officially. Yeah. And he goes, but we're Lutheran. And I, I said to him, well, what's Lutheran? Yeah. I what's remember. That? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, <laughs> ended up going to college. I never finished because I was got so involved in campaigns. In, in politics. Yeah. Did and you, I worked for George McGovern. To D.C.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I lived in D.C. for a while. And then I, I've always been drawn back to South Dakota. South Dakota is my Touchdown. spiritual, mm-hmm. spiritual home. And that's always the place that I just love to spend time with and want to be be at at all times. So. But you were so going to the McGovern thing because I... McGovern yeah. was such a, I mean, multiple, pres- uh, did he not run multiple he times? Ran, he, well, he ran in 68, didn't do too good, ran in 72. He was yeah. the, the, the Democratic nominee, of course, Watergate and all that yeah. stuff. And then in 1979, uh, my freshman year, after my freshman I quit and I went to work for McGovern and stayed on the campaign, finished it out. Of course, we lost. That was the Reagan landslide. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to this, if, if the senator were alive today, I used to, every once in a while, he would call me and say, hey, would you travel with me? That's amazing. Yeah, and that's the kind of, I, you know, I still have this one frame uh, picture. I, w- I took him home on the night that Reagan won. I took him home, him and his wife, Eleanor, in my, at that time, I had a, a Ford Grand Torino, 1974 Ford Grand Torino. I wish I still had that car. <laughs> And I took him home to the apartment where he was staying at uh, Fre- uh, uh, Floyd. Uh, he owned the television station, a big media guy, mid- Midco Communications. And I took uh, the senator and Mrs. McGovern home to that apartment. In the back seat was Chuck Roush, George Will, and uh, Tony, who I can't remember from the New York Times. And they drove with me as I took him home and I escorted him to the door. And he sat next to me, and, and Eleanor, Mrs. McGovern, was sitting on the. She was a very small, petite woman. She sat on the on the passenger side, and there was silence the entire ride. And I remember I, I pulled up to the apartment. I opened the door, you know, dressed out, and of course helped Mrs. McGovern and helped the senator out. And then I walked them both to the door, and she hugged and kissed me. She went inside, and then he gave me a big hug and said, "Thank you for working so hard." Oh. And of course, I picked him up the next day too. But because I was kind of like his, I I traveled everywhere with him. What did you? What so when? What happened with politics? I mean, you obviously. Uh, what, I I enjoyed it, but it, you know it's a different game. And then I got into marketing. It just it's the same thing. It was, Sell a box so, of soap of a right. political candidate yeah. cure for disease. I mean, it's the same. It's just packaging. So, but how did you? So what? Let you, so you finished the McGovern? I like the did money you just, better in the oh well, yeah, the I would imagine. Side. That's I mean that's where I got very entrepreneurial. And so I it went on, I did a bunch of campaigns. I was running campaigns. I started a public relations firm. Uh-huh, and right, then we were right. running campaigns, doing issues. I did term limits. Uh, back in 1992, I put term limits on 28 states, ballots, uh, had more votes than Ross Perot did when he ran for uh, president. Wow. Yeah, I did stuff like that. I mean, yeah. uh, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was consulting a lot of campaigns around the country, a lot of Senate campaigns. Of course, at that time, then I went to work for Tom Daschle. Oh, so Tom wow. Daschle was in the House. Of course, he went to the Senate. When he went to the Senate, who was the chair? He was the chairman of the uh, of the uh, reelection yeah. uh, for Democratic reelection right. fund. So there were three or four of us that were working in South Dakota, and we did all of the advertising buys. The, so that's where you started to get big into the mar- okay. marketing side. So yeah, that took me there, and so then that took me to, and then you know, the company needs it rather than a candidate. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. You yeah. did that. So okay. So along the way, you met. You met your. Did you meet your wife 
back in South Dakota yeah, when you were the in first school night, there? first night of college. You did? Yeah. Oh, she was going to the same college. Went to, the, yeah, I went to the same college. I, we uh, The freshmen back then, we did a panty raid. It was tradition that you did a panty <laughs> raid. So you, you went to the girls' dorm yeah. and floors, and you did a panty raid, and I busted in her door. I knocked her down. I didn't know that at the time because she was a little <laughs> tiny petite thing, and broke her toe. And then... <sighs> Later that week, I'm em- I'm emceeing. If you can imagine, I'm emceeing the the freshman uh, freshman frosh varieties, a talent yeah. show, and then she's limping. I'm going, "What's wrong with your foot?" And she said, "You broke my toe." Oh and I go, my well, God. It wasn't me. It was these other guys. Yeah. Like, and so, and she was dating some guy, and I convinced her to get rid of him. And uh, and then marketing all over again. T- totally, I saw him never <laughs> stop selling. I mean, I saw her that day and said, "It's over." And uh, that and yeah, we were we were dating by January. So that was August, September, and we, you know, we knew each other and so forth. But I was, I was, I was dating all the senior cheerleaders and all that stuff, yeah. even as a freshman. And then uh, I got that out of my system, and then, and then January, well, January, we went out for our first date. And that was it. Yeah, it was a, it was a movie being there with Peter Sellers. Really. One of my favorite movies of all times. And that's Shirley, your... and Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. And Shirley MacLaine, who I met years later at Mark Burnett's house for Christmas. And she sat next to me, and guess who sat on the left side of me? Not not Jean. No, Bar- Barbara <laughs> Streisand. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there was a, wow. a, a private party for uh, Christmas, and he invited Tammy and I, and we walk into the room going, "We are not worthy of this crowd." Oh boy! Yeah, because there's the Duchess of York and Quincy oh Jones. Goodness. This is all of his neighbors. It was his neighbors. He had neighbors, and then he invited, like Joan Rivers was there, Melissa was there, uh, the chairman of Macy's was there, uh, Glanzer was there couple of other actors the gal from my uh, big fat greek wedding oh yeah and the, yeah. The, and her husband is now on that cougar show or whatever and they and, and david uh solberg yeah yeah and yeah that, but all of his neighbors and then us and yeah that's yeah. amazing it was like and, and you know i'm sitting next to you know literally hello mr Ison, how are yeah, you and, right and oh mr Broin, good to meet you yeah he's tall yeah. Oh yeah, big guy. And the uh, who's the other guy that the the guy that did he was a Bond too, he, uh, English guy, big tall. Oh, um, are you talking about like he Remington was a Steel? Delphire. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, um, that guy. I can't remember. You know. That. Yeah, that guy. Remington Steel. Yeah, like that, why is it Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Boom. Brosnan. There we yeah, go. He was there. Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is the most. And we of course drive up in our Ford Focus, neon <laughs> Ford Focus rental. Well, you yeah. know, I launched the Ford Focus oh, in the United really? States for the oh, first time well, in 99, a, so I'm go. super happy yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, cool. It's nice. I'm well, sorry it was a rental. You've done a ton of stuff. I yep. mean, you think, if we put the two of us together, what, there's nothing else for anybody to do. <laughs> well, okay, so now we talk about these holy shit moments that happen, and I yeah. know there's several things yeah. in your life that had gone on. So tell me about, so for, I'm gonna, I know a couple of them, but tell me one about the, tell us about 2001 and what, what when was the month of your lightning strike? Yeah, it was 2001, April. I I went to a Lutheran Social Services fundraiser that my wife was chairing or something, and uh, we came home and it was a torrential rainstorm and there was I mean just terrible storms going on all day long like tornadoes like storms, and uh, came home and there uh, she had went down to the basement and said hey there's water in the basement there's no water in the basement so I run down there, and I walk over there and stand in the little puddle that that was there and then I reach up and touch the 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 like, spot where it was le- uh, hit and lightning struck the house right then and came down through that through the crack into the water and into my hand oh my in gosh. fact my left hand i'm holding it right now it's it's still numb here really yeah it knocked me out uh and i when i'm waking up my neighbor had rushed had been driving by and he's a pathologist as oh i'm wa- yeah as i'm waking up he's taking my clothes off you know looking for the exit wounds and stuff like that 
And then that's when my daughter, who was a teenager at the time, I don't know how old Lindsay was, probably about 14 maybe or something, maybe younger. And she said, she screamed, the house is on fire. And, you know, cause when I wake up, you know, Tammy's yelling, should I call the ambulance? I call the doctor. And I can't hear. I can't see. Right. It's all white. You right. Know. Um, and then, yeah, the, then, then I, but I jumped up because I, I did, by then I heard that, the house is on fire. So you're thinking, what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I... Then I had to run up three levels to get up to the area that the you know it hit. It did about fifty thousand dollars of damage. Knocked out every electronic thing you could think of in a house. And yeah, so she smelled the electricity, the smoke. But how are well, you? What smoky. happened? I ended up having to go to the doctor. My blood pressure was like you know four hundred over like one eighty or something. something. It was really bad. Wow. I mean. Uh, and I remember my, my and every by now the neighbors have shown up and they're all like dragging stuff out of the house because we had I had this big art collection and um, you know we had a house about seven thousand square feet so a pretty big house yeah and um, but neighbors are showing up because there's smoke everywhere and and you know just as neighbors do in South Dakota and they're hauling stuff out of this room because that's where all the stuff is and or they, all my these Your paintings art, yeah. and, and that stuff and 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 so um, I remember I was sitting down. And my wife, my wife uh, uh, says, "Well, you should, you, you've got to go to the, you've got to go to the hospital. You got to go to the hospital." And the firemen are running by, and I, and she goes, "Who should go with you? Should it be our son Tyler, who's the yeah, youngest, yeah. or should it be our daughter Lindsay?" And then right then, Lindsay walked in the front door, and we're above the in this atrium area, and we're above it, looking down, and she's got the dog, and she's got a quilt on, she's screaming. Tell the firemen there's nachos in the in the microwave. There's nachos in the microwave, <laughs> which we still. She was making nachos at the time. Why she would yell that? And we both looked at each other and go, Tyler, Tyler should Tyler go. Should yeah, go. <laughs> Tyler should go. <laughs> that helps. Thank you. And, that, and that's become one of those classic there's signature nachos. stories in the in the in the, the family. Yeah. That's funny. Whenever whenever Lizzie goes crazy, we'll yell. You know, there's nachos in the in the microwave. Yeah. yeah. All right. So everybody's told me to ask you what from the pheasant story. Oh, oh man, that, that's really digging. I, people, I've, I've, I've had two people, two different a, people. It's a signature story that I sometimes tell in a keynote. And years ago, in my youth, um, and I've bought and sold over two hundred fifty businesses, about twenty five billion in transactions, and you know, managed you know uh, billions of dollars of advertising and marketing as well. But years ago, I tried to corner the market on pheasants, and when I was in my twenties, what does that mean to corner the market on pheasants? Well, I thought that. People would want so pheasant pheasant farming or pheasant ranching uh, because South Dakota is a is a pheasant hunting capital of the world, and it was starting to become a more commercial kind of activity. So they're going to need birds to replenish the oh, birds okay. and so forth and so on. And okay. you and you take it's one like sustainability. Yeah, correct. Right, right, and, okay. But one, but you try to raise these pheasants. You take a male pheasant. You turn them loose. Or you know, or actually, what you do is try to raise as many female pheasants, right? Because okay. one male pheasant. Populates lots of females. <laughs> twenty six to twenty seven wow. on average. Busy males. Yeah, they're busy. They're <laughs> very busy. These are just mating. <laughs> they're big, diff, more than rabbits. Yes. Okay. So this is a pretty. I thought oh, this could be a good business, except that you got to build these huge pens, and they got to be open, and you got to put blinders on them so they don't because they fight all the time. Uh. And then I thought, well, the other thing is, everybody who wouldn't want pheasant under the glass, who wouldn't want to smoke pheasant, who yeah. wouldn't want to order that as a gift, and let's do executive gift packages and all this stuff. And I built it trying to corner the market on pheasants till I finally realized there wasn't one. <laughs> and and I got and one time I got to tell you. The, the, we have these torrential rainstorms. Everything's about rain in South Dakota. And so this it rolls across the prairie. And, and one night we had three inches of rain that occurred in less than half an hour. 
And you can only imagine what it did to these pheasants. These, I had 10,000 pheasants that basically huddled up together, looked up into the sky, opened their beaks, and drowned. <gasps> yeah, it's a true story. The stupidest freaking birds you've ever seen in your life. I so, tra- so that, so imagine what that was like having to pull oh. up the next day, and now I got to bury oh. you. They have to have a little funeral for oh, them. No. Yeah. Oh no! Oh <laughs> yeah. no! So uh, I get that was I, that that cost me a lot of money. And, yeah, that cost me a lot of money. But you know, I was ahead of my time. I, yeah, well, I, no, I you know I was saying no one died. The pheasants died. Yeah, right. But I didn't die. But humans died. There are no people. The other thing that was the worst thing, and this is, you know, this is a lesson for everybody that's listening for marketing or selling. You get into business, go sell it. So I started selling these uh, smoke packages. Of course, I pheasants. I was doing these smoke pheasants, and I'd say, well, who wants one? And I'd ship them out. Well, this was the day before overnight shipping. This was ground shipping only. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, no joke. So by the time they got to the people, they, they were rotten. Ooh. They were they had Ooh. they had mold on them. And it, it, was, it smelled, I would imagine. It, oh, oh. It, it was so bad. And, and that's where, that's one of my cool, or one of my hard, fast lessons is, whatever you do to get in, go sell it first, deliver it, and then see if you want to do it. Right. You know, then, you, then you'll figure it out. You've, well, your whole, I mean, I think you're, you know, I talk about these whole schmoes, these holy shit. You, your whole st- story is these one thing but you've got this resilience one thing after another it doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't work I mean, you move it doesn't well, work we're you gonna move. fail i mean that's the yeah. key thing you know that's a big thing you know in silicon valley now all these these gurus or whatever talk about fail fast well bullshit you know no, i don't fail fast fail that's bullshit i hate failing i can't stand it let's be clear you're always going to fail what i want to do is win fast mm-hmm. so we're going to fail you're yeah. going to make mistakes i'm going to make mistakes and you know people say hey what's the biggest one you ever made i said i don't know i haven't done it yet yeah you know there's, there's always going to be a bigger right. one so that's just how I do. So my last question for you is really about family. So mm-hmm. you 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 started by talking about your family. You talked yep. about you know the the first you know the first child that that died, and you talked to your parents and yep. the extended. I know from any well know you personally, but anybody who follows you on Facebook yep. knows about your two beautiful little granddaughters, yeah. and you've got this you know you've got this home in South Dakota that you still go back to. Yep. Your sons, your daughter, they all work for you at, at C-Suite and all of your businesses here. You are the what people may not know. I mean, the people who know you well do, but listening, you're the epitome of the family man. How do you, you know, this is a question that usually working moms get, but how do you balance? You, you are so tied and connected with your family everywhere. And I can't imagine looking at your CV and all the things that you have done and are doing that you've ever been busier how do you how do you make that work? Because I know family is so important. Yeah, to you. you have to prioritize it, and like you said, you got to have somebody who's really good that helps me. I could, look, I'd work twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and and if somebody said, "Hey, you're going to be in L.A. tomorrow, or here tomorrow, or Tokyo," yeah, okay, let's go, and I would do it. And so I'm lucky to have Tammy who balances me that way. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm you got to have a yin yang. So you and she's mine, and she does that for me. And so she's my cornerstone. And without her, I would be without her. First of all, I would be dead, and I, that's a fact. I'd be dead because I would have worked myself into you know. She wants maybe yeah. She wants made me go to a, a workaholics thing. You know, we had to show up with these for a very famous place. They had very famous people in it, and it was like a there was alcoholics. There's a narcotic, an addictive narcotic people what, uh, what do you call those i don't know uh, drug addict drug, yeah, drug addict there were sex addicts and then there's me one the one work addict but i'm still an addict just like everybody else you know i'm sitting in the back of the room figuring out how many people how much they paid what do they probably paid the staff how much the mule cost i'm thinking this is a pretty good business you know that i got to have somebody who helps me overcome that kind of stuff cuz that's natural for me yeah. but you just have to make it it has to be a priority you have to say 
what are the, what are your conditions of satisfaction for your life? What what are those things? And then if you have a spouse, what are your mutual conditions of satisfaction? And then if you have employees or whatever, you can take it that far. But and so yeah, when I was I had a job once where I, I mean I was in Tokyo or Asia. I would land in Tokyo, do a meeting, turn around, and come back just to make my daughter's football game to watch her cheer. Yeah. And and so was that costly? Yeah, sure. But I had to do that because we needed to do that. And that was a thing. Now, but I also would have the discussions with the kids like, Dad, you're never home. Okay. You want that car or do you want yeah. me to go? Which is it? Or, or stay. I'll stay. No problem. You yeah. know? And so we had those kinds of discussions and I think that helps a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to have that. How do you, where are your, where are your little granddaughters? Where are they? They're in South Dakota. They're in South Dakota. Yeah. They're, so in, they're in South Dakota and I'm, not, I'm known as Papa. Yeah. Papa. Yeah. And so I call, I FaceTime them all the time. And then when I'm back in South Dakota, I, they either come stay, because I'm like a giant playground for kids, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, or I go see them and I just pop yeah. in all the time. And yeah, yeah. Pa- they're, I'm Papa. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And yeah. you get back there as much, because you've got a big ranch there, right, still? Yeah, you've we've got... got a place there. I don't get back as much as I'd like to, just because the startup of our C-Suite network, C-Suite TV, C-Suite radio mm-hmm. is so busy right now. Um, but, uh, but after this, this year, it'll be a big thing. Yeah. The, the kids are, they're young and, uh, I don't know, maybe I got more coming. I know. I hope. You know. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's fingers good. crossed. My daughter's not quite married yet, but I'm hoping, you know, so we'll, we'll do our best. You know? I love that. No pressure there. Lindsay. Right. No she's pressure. listening. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she <laughs> my great, a quick story about my great, I had a, I had two, five generations twice in my life. So, um, wow. for my, my great grandfather, I was I don't know, 19 and 20 dating. And he was in his late 80s. And he kept saying, you know, you need to you need to have some children. I want a great, great grandchild. And I was like, well, Papa, I'm not I'm not even married yet. He's like, that's OK. I was like, yeah, but it's not. He's just checking off the list. Yeah, that's but no, good. it's not. Yeah. So uh, I did. Yeah. I ended up having my first. I had Nick and he was he was around and we've got that five uh, generation awesome. photo. He He didn't he wasn't there for his first birthday, but he, he held him and he knew him. But, yeah. you know, that whole family, this kids, it's a big, it's, it's a big thing. So that's cool. I love that about, I it's love. very primal. My wife and I talk about it. When you get grandkids, it's primal. Yeah. She says she could smell them out of a lineup. I mean, she, really? yeah. you not even see them. She's like that. She's so, and they are protective and, and I got two girls, you know, uh, which is different for me because, you know, I'm kind of a guy's guy. Yeah. And but no, I'm, it's like, you know, I got to play Barbies and it's, it looks like I my think house. I've seen you play in like tea time. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do all that I stuff. I got to do it. I got him a princess tent and, you know, we do that. <laughs> but I'll take them out fishing and we'll do some of that stuff, too. But they are girly girls. I mean, they pink is their favorite color yeah and they, i mean they're they're and it's just fun it's just fun yeah well hopefully from they'll see the picture of you just to imagine you with your pink tiara on it's it'd be quite the sight in your cowboy boots yeah i don't we I haven't done the makeup thing i'm not letting them do that but that's <laughs> but they do a lot of other well, stuff maybe they do that to the grandmother maybe so. that'll get you eventually yeah, yeah. well thank you for coming and sharing your background what a pleasure it's been super fun to have you and thank you again for all you've all you've done, you the C-suite has been a great help to me. But yeah. it's it's so fun to watch you build, keep building these things. Just keep so bringing keep great going. content. Keep yeah, going. That's what we love. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-suite radio network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.